When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, hello, and welcome to Not So Good Ideas Podcast. I'm Bree here with Eleni. Hi, and welcome to another episode where I am sick. So you're going to have to hear <laughs> me talking like this for the next, I mean, hour, I guess. So apologies. We'll try to make this part really quick so you can hear our guests talk because their voice is totally fine. <laughs> yeah, poor Lenny is very sick over here, so... It's okay. It's not the COVID, so that's good. But yeah. it, whatever it is, my voice has been gone for like four days, so that sucks. Oh my gosh. So is that your not so good idea of the week? Yeah, I was just overexerting myself. I got sick like on Thursday and then all this stuff happened with my dog, blah, blah, blah. And then I think it's just gotten worse. It wasn't supposed to be this bad, but it's definitely carried over. So what happened with your dog? Oh, okay. I haven't told you this. I was just trying to make it really short and sweet. So he's very anxious, naturally. Mm -hmm. That's just his breed. Um, And he's had a couple of like really bad anxiety attacks in the past where it was like, whoa, that's scary. Where his like body just stops working, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, He has medication for it. So we've prevented it the best we could. But Last Thursday, we were sitting on the couch and we have this like blind that keeps falling well, it's like the lever and it made like a really loud bang and he freaked out and ran upstairs. His legs like spread apart. Like it was really, really weird. Oh uh, God. Of it, we just thought he got really creeped out. Um, we went up there like after 20 minutes and we were like, are you okay? Obviously he's a dog. He's not going to answer. But like you just naturally as a human are like, are you okay? His eyes like started rolling to the back of his head. Like his ears were like pinned straight back. Like he was flinching every time we tried to touch him. All these like symptoms, the essentially of like a seizure. And so this was like 10 o'clock at night. We like called the emergency vet and they're like, yeah, bring him in right away. Oh no. We bring him in. He pees everywhere, like pees on the cot. Um, then they take him back. We're like filling out all these things. Like a vet comes out, you know, asks us exactly what happened so they can like treat the situation properly. They're like, is there anything he could have eaten? Like all these standard questions. We're like, we, if he did, like we have no clue. Like he's just, he's a sneaky little cat. Um. So anyways, then they were like, okay, this three hours has passed. It's now like technically four hours. It's like, 2 a.m. They bring us to the back room and the room was weird. It was like had all these signs of like what happens when your dog ingests like weed or uh, rat poison or bleach. I was like, why are we in this room? (laughs) Yeah, we were so confused. We're like, this is the wrong room. Anyways, 
um the vet comes in like dying laughing he's like oh your dog is stoned and I was like excuse me he was like yeah the results came back like one part CBD and one part THC I was like what and he was like yeah like if there's any like supplements you take like maybe he got to them like blah, blah blah and he was just dying laughing and I was like you're you're kidding he wasn't kidding um, so they like ingested him with fluids. They took him out. I was yelling at him like he was like my child. And I was like, where did you get it? $400 later, pretty mm. much. Um, so I'm poor and sick. And my dog is a bad example to his younger brother. We ransacked the house. We didn't find anything. I have no idea where he found it. Like, I didn't even know we had them. I was like, we still have some. Where are they? I need them after tonight. Oh no. So you just found your weed somewhere? Yeah. Well, CBD slash weed. Oh my God. Like a little hybrid. Um, so yeah, that's it. What about you? (laughs) Oh, sounds like a rough week. It was really rough, but yes. Um, my not so good idea is probably it's related to my dog too. We have this strange, have you ever seen a beehive in the ground? Aren't those like, um, they're not wasps. They're like, uh, like hornets. They're the black ones. Um, Coco got stung by one. They're not hornets. They, they're, they're a type of hornet, but it's a different, they're called like carpenter bee. Oh yeah. Oh, I might okay. be wrong, but they're the ones that like use the clay from the ground and that's how they build their hive. Ah, okay. Smart beekeeper. Well, my (laughs) dog, so there's a beehive in front of our house in the ground. And for some reason, our dog like keeps going over there and she keeps like, that's where she does her business. Mm -hmm. And so like two days ago, she went over there and was just going pee and she comes in the house and she's going in circles, like <gasps> racing around the house, freaking out. And I finally get her to calm down and I can hear buzzing. And oh I, but I, I'm rubbing her all over. I can't find anything. So I get her in her crate and somehow the bee or the carpenter bee must have died. And it was, it fell out of her fur, but it must have stung her. Or like they must have been stinging her, like multiple bees. And she was like swollen. Her oh eyes were puffy and red. Yeah. I know. And this isn't like the first her time. Her and Blue are meant to be. <laughs> they really are. And she was freaking out. So anxious. So yeah. Anxious dogs oh are not fun. Oh gosh. Oh, poor baby. Did you give her Benadryl or anything? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know. So oh, that, what she, she seems fine, but she just freaked out. Yeah, that, well, that's scary for a dog. I'm sure it doesn't feel good. I know. It's very sad. So Coco likes to eat them. So this is <laughs> Of course. <laughs> of course Coco eats them. Do you have a good idea you want to share? Um, do I sound like oh. a sexy school teacher? Or like, do I sound like a man who smokes like 100 packs of cigarettes a day? You sound like um, Amy Winehouse, like oh. raspy, like <laughs> I can't sing like. <laughs> okay, anyways, you're no, good. It's idea. good though; it doesn't sound bad. 
Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, my good idea is that uh, Eric and I's two-year anniversary is this coming weekend. Hey gosh, you're right. That's so exciting. What are you guys gonna do? I don't know. I don't think we have any plans, but we have a tradition. Like last year, we went to our venue because we got married on like a little island. Um, in the middle of the mountains, like by a pond. It was beautiful. And so we have a tradition to go back there on the same day. And it's always fall leaves happening. Like last year, we took our family photos there on the same day. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll do that again. Oh, that's so sweet. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so Happy exciting. almost to your anniversary. Thank you. All the leaves are changing and it's so like it's giving me in the spirit. Oh, fall must be like extra special for you. It really is. I love fall. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love, <laughs> love, love. love. Yeah. yeah. I love your love. Oh. <laughs> What's your good idea? <laughs> oh, you got me there. <laughs> Oh, no. My good idea. Okay, here's my good idea. My good idea is the guest we're having on today. Um, he's been trying to be on for a while, so he's friends with me and Dylan. He's also friends with Dylan's younger brother. We all went to school together. Um, I just feel like he's just got a lot of good intel. Definitely a different perspective from what we're like used to, um, especially because we're not really in that field, which is advertising and film. So I definitely was. I didn't know all this about him. It was very inspiring. Um, and I'm glad I found him off the street and I pulled him right in. I'm just <laughs> kidding. He's, he's coming over for something else. I was like, you're, you're getting on the podcast today. So I hope that's okay. And it went really well. And I'm excited for you guys to hear. Yeah, it was a really good, different perspective. And it was very interesting to hear where the advertising and film world may go in the future. Right. And that affects all designers. I mean, if you're creating literally anything, you need advertisers and filmmakers to promote yourself. So like hearing their side of it is really interesting because I feel like you never get to do that that much unless it's like Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope you guys. Let's all welcome him to the podcast. Hello, William. (laughs) Okay, so we picked up this random guy off the street. Um, he told us he's an artist. <laughs> kidding. Um, we have our good friend here, William, um, who's joining us today. William, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, <laughs> I am a filmmaker and art director. I'm from Orlando, Florida. And I'm currently residing in North Carolina, working at a creative agency. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. Okay. And wow. You- Charlotte. Yes, located in Charlotte specifically. It's an interesting place. I'm still figuring it out and all that. Do you want to tell us the truth about how you feel about Charlotte? Um, it's kind of. <laughs> it, it just feels like I think it's a great up and coming contemporary city. Um, but for me, it's missing. Like I grew up in. Um, basically like the second pick for the Truman show and uh <laughs> no seriously for in uh, Orlando Florida celebration it's like a town created by Walt Disney it was like supposed to be 
utopia there's like a lot of weird lore behind it if you want to research but yeah basically i grew up in like white picket fence utopia right next to all these really shady um gift shops etc that all have these like creepy mickey mouse ashtrays and towels etc people are living <laughs> in motels and it's all this it, i call it mickey mouse's ashtray aka 192 the movie <laughs> the florida project you might like yeah. that literally was filmed five minutes outside of my town so growing up like i would go to um like my dance studio and do ballet etc but it was in a much you know i wouldn't a rougher like strip mall so growing up in like a perfect white picket fence utopia and then going to that I kind of saw this big juxtaposition mm -hmm. um so yeah I I guess for me Charlotte feels a little bit clean and nice and I think that's awesome for a lot of people who want to start and settle down a good life here but I, I think for me I'm looking for a little bit more of um a dirtier grittier situation mm. uh, I prefer that and so like yeah. New York probably yeah i think that's that's the goal <laughs> la is is also interesting but i i don't really love the it doesn't feel as like um community based it feels yeah. like very like one like every person is by themselves whereas new york seems to have much more tradition and community um behind it so i'd like to make my way there yeah nice i love new york i want to go there too it's very lovely. Me and Bree are trying to plan a trip to do like our um, branding. Branding, just mm -hmm. like you go to New York. Photo shoot for the yeah, podcast. Like, is, okay, there we go. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I was just like, branding. Stuck on the fly. <laughs> branding, just straight up branding. Yeah. All the photo shoot and everything. Right. Boone Oakley. I really love um, working there. I would say I wouldn't have moved out here if the office and like the people there weren't cool because usually in the advertising world, it's like multi-level floor. There's big amounts of employees and it, it's sometimes a toxic environment. Although you're working with cooler clients and everything like that, I do have to admit the work environment is way more positive, um, you know, here at the agency and, and the people there are really cool and like they, they allow me to do a lot more than I think I would have to spend years and years earning in a different type of agency. So for a first job, I'm pretty like excited about it and, and really have been enjoying my time there. They also have like a bunch of cool like billboards and work that they've done in the early 2000s with um, Dennis Rodman and like Al Gore, George Bush. I don't know. I just love all those like traditional 90s, early 2000s billboards. You mm -hmm. don't see it as much. People don't have as much fun in advertising nowadays. I like spend a lot of my days just diving into all the old ads um back in those eras I, it's ironic like we, we've become more like accepting and stuff nowadays but it, <laughs> sometimes it feels counterintuitive and like there was actually more there's a there's a lot more fun and like a lot more risk taking i feel like in advertising um earlier on and nowadays sometimes it feels like all these choices are so aggressively on purpose and so aggressively driven by data they're not driven by human truths and human emotions and just what people truly used to enjoy i just don't see it as much i still think there are um, examples of great works nowadays but I, I do think back then i i personally find a lot more enjoyment in the ads back then so i have to ask you because you mentioned the ads back then you know how like in movie theaters back then they used to like during the movie they'd like flash popcorn or coca-cola oh yeah did you have to learn about that like the psychology of that 
Uh, I didn't learn about it necessarily. I mean, I, I studied advertising in school um, at Savannah College of Art and Design, Whoa. SCAD. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, basically. They're just plugging SCAD. Plug, plug, plug. Every episode. Oh, have you really? They're going to be like, is this the SCAD podcast? <laughs> no, we've had like a couple guests come on from SCAD. Yeah. And we're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you've I mean, got like some kind of database that like registers your name. I know it exactly. Probably. Oh, for, sure. As soon as you say it, they're like they've already like categorized it's like the CIA. this. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> they, they found us out. They categorized us everything. Mm-hmm. But I didn't necessarily learn about that. But I mean, there's definitely a correlation between you know appetizing like salty snacks and like the sound design and everything and triggering people to probably want to you know purchase some of those snacks because movie theaters don't uh movie theaters <laughs> don't get profits off of the films they actually get profits off of the snack sales so mm-hmm. that's why they're so expensive um but i mean you know it's it's good i love theaters i thought it was good. well a lot of people thought theaters were gonna die like during the whole COVID era and everything but um they've actually come back and people do truly enjoy kind of like that analog experience which i think is fun i love the theaters yeah <laughs> can't go wrong it's good old cinema i, love- I know and they live in the mountains so they have like the cutest oh, theaters ever really mm-hmm. you have like old fashioned tiny movie theaters that everyone goes to they almost shut down for covid right <laughs> but, yeah but yeah they we've kept them alive the community kind of like band together and kept the theater open. So that's good. I mean, that's, you know, that's an example of like people saying like that stuff is going to shut down and then the community really came together. But I mean, I'm just glad that they're not dead. I was really concerned. I think it was, um, Oh God, why am I forgetting her name? She played Bella, (laughs) Bella. And she also played princess Diana. Oh, Kristen Stewart. Yes, Kristen Stewart. Sorry, sorry. That was <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. so fast. But she, I mean, she was like, oh, movie theaters are going to become like this, um, you know, th- this kind of like rare thing you do, almost like going to like a vintage arcade. But I feel like movie theaters are still pretty like prevalent and prominent. And as much as I'm not a Marvel fan, no, I mean, like, I don't know how to it's it's uh it's not as enjoyable for me I can understand like why people love it but I think they kind of oversaturated what was fun at the beginning and and kind of bled themselves dry with content um maxed out in my opinion they they went too far but uh to be fair Spider-Man and that shit saved the cinema for a little bit it really blew up but on the other side you've got movies like um oh my god I'm forgetting his movie it was this Viking movie. This is super embarrassing. I should know this. Leonardo DiCaprio? No, no. Oh. It was um, it was Skarsgård. <laughs> Bill Skarsgård or someone was uh, in it. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? What's the movie called? No, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> no, Ragnarok's a Marvel <laughs> film. My point is, though, is this was like a really, it was a Robert Edgar's film. It was really amazing. Bill Skarsgård was in it. But they couldn't like get the money that they earned like um they couldn't basically make a big profit on it because marvel had bought out so many movie theaters with um with like doctor strange etc so it's kind of ironic it's like yeah they're saving cinema but all these other movies can't compete because they've bought out like so many screenings they've got like the northman thank you oh my god i love it <laughs> shout out shout out the internet um yeah, but yeah, basically it's just, it's a weird concept because it's, it's great that people are going to theaters, but then other films don't get as much of a chance or they're they're not making profits or they're not in theaters as long because you've got like 
maxed out screenings of one Marvel film or two Marvel films. It's like, could we, could we have some space for some variety? But I don't know. It's a weird time. Movies are money and money is business. And business is all that matters in the creative world. <laughs> True. What, did, um, what sparked your interest in film and advertising? Like, were you as a kid, like on Vine, and, like <laughs> filming? No, I mean, like, I swear some of those people. Became, like... Yeah, Vine Stars was an era. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, I have a really good idea. I'm going to just say this because I think, oh, whatever. Somebody's going to make a shit ton of money off of this idea. So I'll just say it. But I think they it's should. It's called good, not so good and good idea. Okay, well, this is, I think, a not so good, good idea. But basically, <laughs> I think instead of, Vine is never going to come back. TikTok is too powerful. Right. However, mm -hmm. I think it would be crazy if they made, like, if they revived the page and the whole website the day it got shut down and, like, kept it up as, like, a, like kind of like a archive. Like an archive. They did. They did do that. Oh, they did. Okay. Well, and that's how I got all my vines. And like you could Google. Wait, what? Okay, so all my vines still exist. Not anymore. Oh, okay. They no, did no, for no. the past like four years. I could Google my I'm name so and Vine into Google, and it was on there. You would get on there. I like Damn. screen recorded everything. But they shut it down. Wow. It was shut, and you couldn't like go on the Vine app. But if Damn. you like did it on Google, because you know nothing disappears. Right. You could still get on like the browser of Vine and watch all your videos but now it's officially gone yeah it's gone forever yeah i mean that's <laughs> what i mean i think it would be cool if they like brought it back and just did kind of like a museum of like this is what once was like before the wave of tiktok i like that that's corrupted a good society <laughs> sorry i'm not gonna tiktok's cool i guess but you know no i love vine vine was, vine was different it didn't feel as i don't know what the, i think it it's the so algorithm the algorithm like, was different but it was also like such low quality right yeah and mm -hmm. that's what made it so good like yeah. you didn't even have to be good like now on tiktok i feel like everybody has to be like so good at editing so good at like putting everything together but i feel like on Vine, i don't know yeah dude some people blow up just off of the stupidest thing i mean like look the at the weirdest stuff like there's that the uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even give that girl credit the whatever the period uh girl or whatever i don't know if you've seen her she got signed but it's just crazy it's just views nowadays and like the randomest thing people will become like a micro internet celebrity like instantly and you know how the longevity of that career who says who knows i mean nobody talks about the backpack kid anymore like it sucks like these things are yeah these things it's come not and go. personal anymore i just fear like i have 81 unopened tiktoks from my friend and like <laughs> they send me cool shit but my concern is i'm like how many of these videos what am friend i gonna is it? what friend it's andrew you? andrew oh. andrew and joseph send me a lot of stuff and i try to open them because they send me cool stuff around like the same taste levels and everything but I'm like, I have so many liked videos that I'm like, I'll come back to. That's what I. I'll relook at whatever that movie recommendation was. I'll relook at whatever that song was, or and I, I haven't gone back to any of it. And I'm like, how much content? <laughs> how much content can I like consume before? Like, how, how much content can I even consume? It's just, it's too much. I'll go it's back or like, I'll think I liked it. It was like the last video I liked, and I'll have to sit there and scroll. For like That's an what I'm hour saying. and then i'll finally find it mm -hmm. and then i'm like oh my god here it yeah. is and then dylan's like we'll pull up the recipe like it'll be like an hour later i'm like oh good luck charlie i'm not gonna find it again. you're scrolling yeah, it's not even worth it by that point <laughs> there's too many so, oh wait i was supposed to answer your question about my my childhood or whatever 
how I got into the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. My bad. We, we went on a tangent. But like the, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, my father is a magician. He's done magic like his whole life. Um, he did, he met my mom on a cruise who's like a British lady. Um, and they basically like moved to Florida and just kind of like street performed. And then my dad found a niche of doing like corporate magic where he would go to like big trade shows and such and do magic performances but integrate it with the business at their booths which is like super niche there's only a couple in the country my dad's like one of the best but basically I was already kind of like and my mom would take me to dance class like I barely ever did sports or anything so I was already kind of in a in a house that like embraced arts and not doing the traditional form of whatever work and labor and careers are Mm -hmm. so like with that being said and my mom used to draw a lot so I, I would always start off with like the arts for sure but my dad would always like film our vacations always film like my childhood and I would always there's videos of me as a kid like asking to grab the camera from him and stuff (laughs) so I I, once I you know was able to steal the camera I'd be in front of it sometimes or I'd film my toys or I would do like Lego stop motion I was obsessed like early 2000s YouTube (laughs) Lego stop motion was some of the greatest times (laughs) of my life god bless are there videos we can find um yeah I need those for the b-roll yeah the (laughs) There's, there's like a, there's, there's somewhere that they exist. They exist somewhere. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They definitely exist. But yeah, I would always be like going on like Windows Movie Maker and like just doing like Mozart edits with the weirdest shit ever. I don't know. I would always be like taking editing with whatever technology I had and just kind of making something from it. And then I started making videos with my neighbor. And then I started doing it a bunch in high school. We had like a TV program, basically. And I I made this character called Jefferson Jefferson. He was like a car (laughs) salesman. And he like became this like weird little thing in the high school. And it was really weird. All the kids would come up to me and the principal wouldn't even call me my name anymore. It started to get really weird. I was like, what is Jefferson Jefferson? And I was like, (laughs) what is going on? I was like, what is going on? It was really weird. But we would have like a short film opportunity every, he'd be like, my name's Jefferson Jefferson. <laughs> this was high school, like, God bless. But like the, um, the oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So we would have a short film every Friday and I honestly pushed the envelope. Like it, the program shut down, like after I left and everything, but we pushed it to the complete maximum. We would make short films and everything. Like teachers would like, you know, stop teaching lessons, turn off the lights and like our videos would play. So that was cool to kind of like see not only see, but kind of have an opportunity to have my videos be projected and like see the reactions of like 2000 kids, like across like a, a Florida high school and kind of talk to them after the class or whatever and see what their reactions were. Some people hated it. Some people would be like, you're the guy on the TV, all that type of stuff. And I, I guess for me and like kind of going back to my dad, I was never like into magic. Everybody's like, why don't you know magic tricks? First off, it takes a long fucking time to learn that. It's like all sleight of mm-hmm. hand. And it, it's not easy. I'm sure I could learn a couple, but I, it's just not my passion. I don't even know how to shuffle cards. Neither do I. My dad knows how to like <laughs> shoot, him, shoot him out of his like deck and everything. But um, he's crazy. But my point is, is I would always, you know, I would see the same tricks over and over, but I would always be watching the reactions mm-hmm. of the audience with my dad, like, seeing the same tricks but watching how there's different variables and different reactions and then once again going back to the my high school films I would always be interested in people's reactions and interpretations and I do think that's kind of like 
me making shorter form content, it kind of bled into a sense of me enjoying advertising. Cause I started off with film in college, but then I shifted to, um, I shifted to advertising because I thought I was doing so much film and fashion work and all this type of short form content outside of class with people I really wanted to work with Mm -hmm. rather than like working with socially inept kids who everybody wanted to be the director. It just, it didn't click the right way. I was like, I can build my own team, do my own thing. Um, And it just was interesting, like kind of all that stuff from my childhood, like led to me really enjoying advertising because I think like I do like videoing and stuff, but ideation and editing are my two strong suits for sure. So I think that's kind of what led me to study advertising and stuff. So yeah. And filmmaking. It's a good answer. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. So where do you see yourself like in the future in advertising and where do you see advertising itself going? Like as far as in the future, what what's going to happen? What's going to be the next thing? Um, I have a lot more books to read on it, but um, <laughs> I do fear. I, I just got an email. I don't even know who it was from today that was talking about Amazon's like aggressive um, move on the whole advertising market because they're basically like, not only do we have all information, we have the best, they basically have the best data on their customer base. And, you know, where was everybody shopping post COVID or during COVID? It was Amazon because it was the most convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, companies like Google, companies like Amazon, they know how to calculate and use their data to be able to create the most efficient and scarily efficient um, data driven advertising and marketing to their customers to a point where I think. I think either the creative world and advertising will have to adapt or like it will become obsolete. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, I don't want to be like negative and say like humans will no longer be able to advertise to themselves, but <laughs> I do think that we will have to adapt to the new um, artificial intelligent driven data driven technologies that are coming in the future and stuff. And where do I see myself with that? Mm-hmm. I would say I don't know if I'd see myself staying in the advertising world forever, but I can definitely see myself in more of um, a creative director position, um, kind of just delegating uh, creative decisions and art direction decisions um, to basically find the best way to like promote other artists mediums. Like even me shooting like my friend's fashion collection this weekend, like how can I take my unique um, filmmaking abilities and also kind of take my ideation abilities and figure the best way to portray other artists that I admire. Cause I'm not a chair maker. I'm not a clothing designer. I'm not an architect, but I would love to use my love and passion of film to kind of amplify their, um, their mediums and, and their talents. And if there's a way that I can keep doing that, I, I think that would be awesome. And I'd just love to keep going up with that. Uh, and I'd also really love to bring, Um, more cinematic and film approaches to the fashion industry because I feel like it's a lot of like obsolete characters like attractive guy number one um, attractive (laughs) Mm -hmm. girl number two meet (laughs) meet in an elevator something like that you know it's (laughs) it's cool and 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 fashion films have been done like um, Wes Anderson's worked with them I believe there's a bunch of other film directors that have done fashion films but I do think Um, we should like push it forward and see if there's a way where kind of like how Tom Ford did it with 007, where the literal, it was a movie, not about Tom Ford, but like the suits in the film were all like Tom Ford in a sense Mm -hmm. where there was like a, 
I don't know, just saying like Blade Runner or something like, for example, if you were able to buy kind of like the costume department's wardrobe, but instead of it being the costume department, it's it's a literal like brand or something that you could actually work with. I don't know. And I, it's kind of this weird thing where I'm like, if you make the main character, like, you know, if you, you if you could sell the main character's clothes, like do people not identify with that because it's not like a blank slate of like an attractive human or something like that? Or do you want to dress like um, James Dean? Do you want to dress like a main character? I don't know. These are all things I'd be curious. I just don't see brands taking bigger risks in that department. And I, I like to push that a bit more. And I love the work that Glenn Lutchford does. But it, once again, it's very like, this is a scene. This is just a cool moment with cool clothes. But like, what if there was a story? What if there was characters? What if there was a short episodic series attached to it? Something I'd be interested in exploring. Hmm. Good answer. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> good answers. <laughs> you, have, you have very thorough answers. It's good. No, I think you have a niche in your field, which is like, you don't always find that. And that's something you can, you have something to advocate for and then also grow within your niche and you know outside of it as well but you have like a initial starting point that you want to grow off of so that's great absolutely thank you i appreciate mm -hmm. it <laughs> so okay before we get to the good enough ideas do you want to like explain your style to everybody because i what style you're filmmaking oh right 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 because it's very I've never seen it before. I'll just say that. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> In a good yeah, way. That's good. No, that, that means a lot. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I think the, I don't know. I My style definitely started off with like, I guess I could just say my inspirations. Like yeah. Monty Python. Um, oh God, like Terry Gilliam. Uh, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Chris Cunningham. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many inspirations, but I guess for me, um, since I started off in dance and, and my mom's British and, and uh, a little bit older and my connection with my English side of the family, I do have like a big love for kind of this traditional, like classic feeling of like England and the countryside and stuff. But then my dad's also from Virginia. So I love that kind of juxtaposition with the South. I think the word juxtaposition is just like my favorite thing. I love <laughs> when things look really nice, but it's complete like chaos and absurdity, like in between that. I, I just love like the controlled chaos of it all. And I'm a big fan of um, paintings and like classical paintings and kind of looking at the frames and borders and like seeing like, I don't know, still frames and kind of imagining what the whole scene would have been. And like, that's why I love integrating like frames a lot in my videos and stuff. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, but really I'm trying to like grow a big range with myself and not box myself in, even though I love a lot of boxes, boxes. in my films. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's how, I mean, that's how I would describe it. Just like with the controlled chaos and seeing that juxtaposition, like if I could describe it immediately, it would be like a really fancy tea party with a bunch of old ladies, <laughs> but like, there's just like this intense, like heavy sub, like subwoofer, like bass going to the point where it's like shaking all the tea glasses and yeah, like shaking. That's a good explanation. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. But they're like, but, but they're like vibing, but they're vibe, they're vibing to the music and stuff, even though it's like shaking, you can just hear all the like tea glasses shaking. <laughs> that's, that's the type of stuff I love. So that's great. Bree didn't even ask me because 
you know, I was like, okay, we're having William on. He's coming tonight. This is how it's going. Let's throw this William guy on. She didn't even like ask me what you did. So that's why I'm like, I want you to explain to someone who like has no idea. And that was the yes. perfect. That's way. perfect. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So the moment of truth. Oh, right. Do you mm. have a good and not so good idea you'd like to share with the crowd? Yes. I feel like I kind of already shared like the good idea that I have with like the fashion films and uh, kind of creating more of like a cinematic or more of a narrative type feature throughout, like weaved in uh, like a narrative driven fashion piece where you can buy kind of like all the extras clothes and everything like that on the side. I mean, I'm trying to think of what else I would have as like a really good idea. Mm, mm, this is this is where it gets hard. I needed to have these like planned out for okay, months. You can start that, well, that counts. You can that do counts as one. Idea. The bad idea is this one that like not, exists. Not so good. Oh, not so good. It doesn't have to be bad. Okay. There's no bad things mm, that happen. Yeah, there's no bad things. <laughs> mm, I don't we know. learn from our not so good ideas. Is there something I, that you've learned from, like in film or advertising? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely learned um to not uh to not overcomplicate things i think like making things a lot more simple can get the job done i i don't necessarily have like a specific example off the top of my head but this is why i like working with other people because sometimes you'll be like so caught up in like deepening the story etc that you need someone to just be like it's it's actually just not that deep like just go this path <laughs> it's actually way simpler like they ex kind of re-explain your like idea keep it simple, yeah keep it simple sometimes and like reel mm -hmm. back and it's easy to kind of i like world building for a lot of people for a lot of artists and stuff uh but at the same time it's easy to kind of like get lost in the own rules that you create for like that world like if you create, mm -hmm. like I've created uh, a world for like a couple artists and like establishing their universe and everything. But at the same time, I create so many rules and shit in that world that you kind of, you're like, well, I can't do that because that, you know, messes up this part of the story and everything. And sometimes <laughs> it's okay to just like loosen up. And like, that's why David Lynch is a big inspiration. Cause I realized that guy throws like rules completely out the window. Like surrealism just has no rules at all. Sometimes it's kind of fun to not make sense, I guess. Um, and other times it is important to make sense, I guess. I wish I had like a better bad idea. I don't think Starbucks should have. Not bad. Not good. I think Starbucks <laughs> doing that thing with Chance the Rapper was not that good. In fact, they deleted the video. God Wait, bless. what? I, never exactly. I don't think I saw that. They deleted it so fast. It, it, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Explain it. It was so... It, it's subjective because it's music. You can find it if you look. Basically, he tried, he tried to do like a like a Kanye West thing with the beat pad. And he was like, I, Starbucks beat. And, <laughs> oh no. And, and it just sounded not good, but every, they turned on duets. So oh. everybody's, everybody was duetting it with a trash can. Like they were like filming the song, but they were filming a trash can and it was just so bad. Like, yeah, it's a TikTok. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, TikTok branding. Okay. You know what? The not good ideas <laughs> is what the not good ideas is when brands, nowadays try to hop on trends but like by the time because you know the advertising world does work a little bit slow mm -hmm. especially with these bigger companies like trying to catch on to trends that like oh it's really horrible when you see brands doing stuff that just finished like a couple of weeks ago or like a month ago i mean things move like pop culture moves so fast nowadays 
it's almost better for a brand to either be right on the mark with it or just not try to do like a typical pop culture thing and come up with create like something new like create a got milk i don't know create it by their by themselves like create their own trend because when they try to hop on to something that's already kind of been discussed amongst the youth it it just it comes across like really awkward and like try hard and I, i do think there needs to be original thought with advertising like Boone Oakley, the company I work for, they always talk about like positive interruptions. Cause I mean, that's what advertising is back in the day. It used to kind of be like, this is why this product is good. Like, boom. But now it's more kind of like, how can we like get a moment of your attention in a world that takes up your attention every five seconds? How, yeah, we're so overstimulated. It's like, if we're going to interrupt you in your day, how can we make you not regret it? Or how can Mm -hmm. we make you remember it if it does piss you off? You know, (laughs) like there is a way Jenner with the Coca-Cola. Oh, that was Pepsi. Yeah, it was so, yeah, that was, that was a disaster. That's an example. That's what I mean by like, that wasn't like what, what, like that wasn't fun. It, it wasn't fun. I mean, to be honest, though, people hated it so much. It might have gotten. That's what I mean. Like it, it might have worked. It might have like, worked. People talked about it. Maybe that's it true. Purpose. They knew she'd get canceled for it. And I mean, like, sometimes that's where things start getting meta. Like when you start looking into like subcategories and sub pockets of things, you'll be like, did they do this like on purpose? Like, is this like a genius tactic? To, are they playing a character? Like there's so many. You the get clickbait. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets yeah. weird. It, people do a lot of stuff for attention nowadays. So the line between like parody versus this is genuinely what this human does is getting very hard to detect. So. So what do you think about? I'm just thinking as far as advertising and yeah. how the world is so we have like a million influencers of the world and they're kind of cutting out the middleman in advertising, yeah. you know, they're just working straight with the brand. Yeah. Um, and then there's, there's no room for, I mean, they become the advertiser. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that? And how do you, yeah. Where is the future going to go with this for you? You know, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't see myself like always being an advertising, but right. But to answer your question, I, it's a good point because we like advertising agencies also hire like influencers a lot. So like, Mm -hmm. we also like get, you know, get the influencer too. So there is kind of like, like somebody, you know what I mean? Like curators that would like pick the the right artist to fill a space. It's like, what would be the right type of influencer for this brand? And some people Mm -hmm. literally hire ad agencies because they're like we we don't know who to pick like they pick the wrong influence a lot of companies pick the wrong influencer and it just doesn't work but i do agree with what you're saying like sometimes you don't even need an ad agency if that person just pops off like you just want the corn kid to just promote your brand god bless that kid (laughs) i I hope that i just hope that all works out (laughs) that makes me i don't know it when i see that type of stuff and everybody's like yes 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 corn corn i'm like slow down this is a child i'm like everybody like just slow it too fast i'm like this is a this is a child like let's make sure he gets gets his money and like they can send him to college or whatever he wants to do god bless i just i hope he gets his corn farm and like (laughs) is a nice businessman and lives life the way he wants to um before he gets like burnt out and run through like you know i don't know the child stars of the 90s god bless um but yeah no influencers can make or break brands and i do think that there it's 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 good for small term product stuff i do think but in terms of bigger services it doesn't always work and and in another sense it's kind of like independent creators are their own agencies and stuff and yeah that does put ad agencies that are bigger and more uncomfortable positions but 
at the same time, one influencer can't like do a whole campaign or one influencer can't do like, you know, multiple social posts and like graphics, graphic designs, et cetera. So they do have to like hire out a lot of creatives, but in terms of ideas, yeah, it does give, uh, I, I think that's a good thing though, at times to give smaller people a chance, even though I guess influencers are not smaller. People. <laughs> There's probably- a lot of like, them. We are the small people, <laughs> yeah, give you, us a chance. Yeah, you guys are the smaller people. <laughs> um but it's good underdog i do there's definitely a pendulum shift maybe it's my own like perspective of how i enjoy things but i do feel like society is kind of like it's burning out a little the whole influencer and like the big 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 celebrities and people Mm -hmm. are kind of enjoying the smaller stuff i don't know i think people are enjoying candid videos the truth stuff that doesn't feel so forced because i think there was a period from like I'm just throwing out years at this point, but like 2013 <laughs> to like, I don't know, 2020 or whatever. It just it kind of like peaked the whole influencer algorithm and the whole influencer um, market. I mean, Twitch streamers, all that is different, but I do think there is like a peak with a lot of that stuff. You know, I think people enjoy like underdogs and people that are smaller and there's more passion behind it because there does get a point where you're like maxed out as an influencer and maybe people joined at the beginning because they like some of those videos like in the vine era people like some of the simple shit and now it's they're maxed out doing like credit card ads and stuff and and you're (laughs) like i don't you know it's like great for them for getting their bag but you know is this what i enjoy as much no i might enjoy somebody that's smaller takes more risks isn't as clean you know rough around the edges that stuff is a bit more appealing to people you know Mm-hmm. Like, uh, being like transparent we've transparency all been, is we've key. all been yeah. so fake for so yes, long that's it transparency like, our, yeah. our, our social presence has been so diluted with like fabrication curated yeah, yeah. Like, copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste and like we're all sick of seeing that yeah and i also have noticed like all these you know with like I don't know, not cancel culture, but like all these people that are like, we don't think they're funny anymore. Like they're done. Like they fell off all this type of stuff when they hop on like a podcast like this, or like when they talk transparently and when people can hear like full conversations, I think it does allow for a better perception of, you know, humans and like not everybody's perfect. And like people do fuck up and make mistakes. And I don't know, it's interesting to see kind of like some sense of forgiveness on like youtube but then on like instagram it's just they see 30 seconds of something and they're like fuck this i hate it like this yeah, person's horrible right. they fell off or especially tiktok i mean that's just how it is like you only you're seeing like what 60 seconds or so i know you can post longer videos on there but you're seeing like clips 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 of all these people and then you go on like an hour long podcast or something and you hear a full transparent conversation and it's like oh i guess like you know i don't love everything they say but i guess i don't despise them and yeah, wish that like they never had when he went on joe rogan <laughs> well that was but he's i mean while well, i was listening to his new stuff like today with um oh, i can't remember it was like some type of news station but i mean reading like or he and also Kanye? yeah he went on like a news channel it's like a 30 minute conversation he did another one with like aloe or something olo i don't know some type of yoga brand brand. and that was also a great one i mean you know the dude's got a maximum ego and you know but at the same time (laughs) that's what got him to where he is in a lot of senses but my point is is i noticed in the comments that there is a bit more of like a transparent respect amongst like the viewers and him for just talking and like also the interviewers it's all you know like people like you guys like asking questions and not like 
angling it how can we get a controversy like how can we angle this to like or editing it to like oh, where it's yeah. out of context but you know sometimes you can like structure questions to like evoke an like a yeah, reaction yeah. like we know right. this piss this person off but like hey our clip will get so many more views because we irked xyz we we're irked. not like that. <laughs> no no i don't think you i'm no. just that's more like news stations or yeah, like 60 yeah. minutes or something or but like, like um, call your daddy Oh yeah, I don't know what happened with all that. That that you know, once again, they started transparent. It seemed like something that worked, and then I, from what I've heard, it just you know, it just kind of got mm -hmm. out of control. And yeah. like when that check hits, when the views are different, real ones will be real ones, and you'll see who the fuck is still standing and who like flipped out on you. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. transparency is nice. Nice. I I think transparency is good in, in society <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and it's interesting how we went from a very visual few years to now we're like sliding into a more like we're all listening more to podcasts, you know, we're not yeah. so deep in social media visually. Yeah, so we'll see also, where that goes. YouTube fell off too. like the creators that we used to be so obsessed with like four years ago left or are like doing like you said like credit card ads they're just like plugging everything into all their videos and yeah. things realistic so like i just want to hear people talk mm -hmm. yeah. they're less likely to lie i mean what they're interested in because you're not showing yourself on video yeah it's like normal people talking i might get youtube premium and i don't even like youtube that much but my playlists are getting so deep now like i have so many i literally have like archive videos i just find like old ads etc or i have like a shit ton of songs that just aren't on any streaming platforms and i'm like i have so much of this i kind of i'm thinking yeah. about it but the youtube Share algorithm yeah I'll, yeah you can yeah <laughs> yeah dylan will split it with you you want to just have access to my youtube channel dylan you're out of control you're out of control but <laughs> he's giving you're out of control <laughs> Yeah, no, but I mean, I don't know. YouTube's algorithm is out of control as well. Like they ban everything, they flag everyone and they delete mm -hmm. everything. And everybody loved YouTube at the beginning because it was just kids making like stupid dance videos or like uploading pranks and everything's Lego stop, Lego stop motion, literally Lego stop motion. Everything's just, everything's so much more complicated. Lyric now. videos. I mean, yeah. Lyric I videos. <laughs> oh, I saw, I saw this crazy, I saw this video. It was on TikTok and it was like, the, it was like kids now versus like, you know us back then and it was like these girls taking like a, a selfie with like bad kesha makeup and like obnoxious yeah. clothes etc and then it was a video of like these eighth grade girls now and they're all doing this like yeah weird like it just makes me i feel like i'm like an uh, 85 year old that's like what is my granddaughter doing like <laughs> well it makes you feel like guilty for it even coming up on your for you page because you're just yeah like, i mean I well watch it's that and also mm -hmm. oh my god like wait, is this like it's just you know i think they have acts like the youth have access to the internet at such an obscene like speed like they can just this is culture this is culture because i read a good comment and it was kind of like that was you know those girls doing like the kesha makeup it was like goofy and fun yeah. that was like the perception of being an adult right but then like nowadays or like lady gaga right but i mean yeah. it's like just having fun and it was like you know you they weren't actually being like a trying to be a grown woman or something and it was just this we weird... couldn't even try like the clothes that were popular back right. then were like to your neck yeah we all were like sports bras like we, no one we didn't want anyone to know we had like a chest and like the granny panties like that was it 
That's what we were. But nowadays it's like, okay, cool. Like sexy people are sexy. So like, I need to be sexy, but I feel like that's always how at society's like been. 13. But it just, I don't know. It feels like it's coming at like an obscene rate. And it just mm-hmm. scares me. Like if I ever have like a child in this world, I'm like, I, I, I'm with Kanye. Like I'm good on like the interaction with TikTok for a while. I think I'm oh, yeah, like, no TikTok. I think I'm just good on that. Like, I mean, just being able to Google things is already an obscene amount of power. But, like, imagine just, like, culture, 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 like, pop trend, pop trend. Like, it's just the way in which you intake information must be, I mean, I don't know. We're not seeing the ramifications of it quite yet, but we will in, like, the next, I don't know, 50 years. We'll probably see what happens. I mean, like, you're seeing stores, like, Target sell out of, like, what's it called? CMOS gel or like um what's it called <laughs> whole foods is like sold out of CMOS gel because like some influencer went on there and was like i take this every day and that's why i look so skinny and so pretty and right. like skin is mm-hmm. so clear and they're sold out or like i don't know uh if someone shows like an asian recipe of how to make these like rice cakes like all the sushi rice is sold out of every single store like it's kind of crazy but then it only lasts two weeks and then everyone's moving yeah. like it's and the yeah, stores are like oh my god we need to order like 10 kilos of rice, like to stock the store. <laughs> I think society is just like, we've as a society have like progressed, you know, with our technology to make the human experience faster and easier, but it's going so fast now that it, it, it's almost, it's just interesting, like kind of being in like a stage of society where we weren't quite there of like that speed. Mm. And now it's just like so fast and, I mean, I don't know. Computers communicate like way faster than us. It's they're like talking to us is like talking to a tree. So, I mean, (laughs) I don't know the kids, the kids growing up. It's interesting to me just how fast they retain information, but also how they can't probably sit down and watch like a two hour movie. I can't, I haven't read a book in a while. That's on me. And it's just, and I used to read books all the time. I used to be the kid that read all the Harry Potter books. Like I would read all of that stuff. I've already read like 50 books this year. See, that's why I'm like, I haven't even read 10 pages. Like, what's wrong and with she me? even like she has a whole family, like she has like three pets, a daughter, husband, and like, she still makes time and to a read. full-time job. And she still makes time. Yeah, and a podcast. And, and a podcast. And a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I think very it's, regimented though. So that's why you have a do you have like a daily schedule? Oh yeah. I admire that and like I want to get that in my life. Like I just you can do it. You can do yes, it. Yes, this is a motivation. <laughs> podcast has changed me yeah <laughs> you want to come here every week yeah i'm down okay, cool. soon. <laughs> i'm down Absolutely. love to have you yeah you have to come back and tell us I, more i would love to yeah love yeah to. we'll have like a part two three four five six that'd be sick i mean yeah, i've yeah. done i think i've done like one like in, i've done week. an interview but i don't think i've ever done like a podcast so this is pretty cool until you move to new york i can still i mean like she's calling oh, i'll call her yeah the um yeah i've never done this i listen to a lot of podcasts so it's kind of cool to be on one so i definitely have like tried thanks, to thanks for joining us i know i had to pull some teeth for you to be on here oh f- definitely definitely <laughs> it, was, yeah, it seems like you just hopped right on one. i don't know <laughs> super hard to get me in, for sure. so i was like okay William, you're on the podcast. He was like, I have to come over and film something. Well, no, he told Dylan. He was I like, wanted to be on it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Told me, yeah. You told me like two, four weeks ago you wanted to be on it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll talk to Bree. And then Dylan's like, William's coming over to film his vodka in her house. And I was like, okay, tell me he's going to be on the podcast. And William was like, okay, what time? <laughs> that's just how it goes. That's how I like it. Yeah, on how the it dot. Goes. That's how yeah. it goes. It's, I feel day. like it's better. It's more authentic that way. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm just happy to be wanted to be on it. I hope you do get a chance to see like the films and stuff that I've done. It can you can understand where that teacup thing came from. But well, Bree's our B-roll girl, so okay. she's gonna put all your videos together. Oh, that's sick. Unless you already have a B-roll that you want to send us. A B- <laughs> yeah, I don't have a. Put, that's what I need to make is a proper. We're putting reel. your voice over like something really cool you said on the podcast. On okay, the cool. That's sick. yeah. That's what I usually do. So I would rather it be your perception of whatever you like from what i've made so okay great i I think that would be ideal god bless yeah awesome thanks for coming thank you oh yeah thank you so much appreciate it (laughs) oh wait wait rewind how do people find you want to get in contact Uh, william allen harris.com william allen harris is my instagram and um yeah, just William Allen Harris, A-L-A-N. Some people like to throw in an extra L. But yeah, that's that's my full name, and that's pretty much it. So yeah. That's what we call you, yeah. Je- Jeffrey Jefferson. <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> <Jefferson>. <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much, and we'll see you for part two. Oh, wow. Yes, thank you. Give me, give me, give me.